Y'all, I got to start the show today giving you your laugh for the day. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. This is relevant to the school walkouts. Bear with me here one second while I set this up for you so you understand what's going on. Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here, WSB, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Those are the numbers. I went on Headline News with Carol Costello earlier today uh, to talk about the Pennsylvania election, which we'll get to in a little bit, and about the, the walkouts in schools today. And I got to give credit to CNN and HLN. They did a, they ran a story that although the talking point is these are organic protests, it was the Women's March activists in Washington who helped put these things together. Liberal activists, just as, as liberal groups have helped get some of the Parkland students on TV, liberal activists have been organizing these protests. I'm sorry, but it defies common sense to think that kindergartners, first and second graders are going to be going into school to make protest signs and understand what a school walkout is uh, without some help. But I was on, there were there were three of us with Carol Costello, and uh, one of the ladies is a mom who works at CNN, but the other one was the president of the National Education Association, which is largely a, a liberal activist group. And it's very interesting to hear the, the contrast uh, between me and, and this lady. And even uh, Carol's concerned a little bit about kids walking out of school. But I got to say as well, I give credit to CNN for allowing me to take issue with their coverage of the Parkland uh, students and the disparity between how they've treated the gun control advocates and the, and the gun rights advocates from that school. But more importantly... Again, they started with a clip showing that this was not organic. And then the president of the National Education Association came on and repeatedly over and over used the talking point that this was organic. And when someone is that adamant about it, it generally is not so. And CNN allowed yours truly to have the last word on this. I kid you not. You got to listen to this clip. And this is a this is a several minutes long. This is so worth it. It'll give you your laugh for the day at the end, how this thing ends. It's edited, though, with some transitions, so you can hear the NEA president just over and over saying how organic this unorganic protest was. So, Eric, I know you're the proud father of two. Did your kids protest today? Uh, they, they did not. Um, my kids actually are pretty strong gun rights advocates. Uh, but, you know, if they wanted to protest, I, God bless them, let them. I, I don't think the administration of the school should uh, be yeah. supporting protests. But if my kids want to protest something, even if I disagree with them, I, I think they should protest something even healthy democracy. Let them protest, but let them also face consequences for walking out of school. Uh. Interesting, because, Lily, um, some school systems said if kids walk out, they face suspension, right? Expulsion, because they're breaking the rules. Um, how many school districts do you think um, adhere to that? You know, I'm so proud of these students. This is um, the NEA president. I'm not sure how many school districts had uh, um, specific rules that said you can't do it, but I know that the lesson that these students are teaching all of us is that if you're going to be a good citizen and you see something that's wrong, it's your responsibility to speak out about it. Uh, this was really a very organic 
uh, movement of these students. And yeah, there were some adults that jumped in, even with the National Education Association saying, you know, how can we be helpful? They said, don't take this over. We don't want adults in charge of this. This is our voice. We want our voice lifted up. Go ahead. Please do not disrespect these students. Anybody that pretends that this is not coming from their hearts right. is not listening and is trying to is trying to disrespect their voice. This is not organized by teachers. You ask those students who organized it, they organized it because they feel like their lives are at risk because of the policies of the politicians. They're standing up to people who were supposed to protect that, them. Though. And it, this is their voice. Don't disrespect their voice. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, the data doesn't suggest that. Look at the, the Gallup polling that came out yesterday. 50, it's a 50-50 split among millennials. A plurality of millennials would like expanded concealed carry. Um, by covering it in this way, it's suggesting that a majority of public school students in America support expanded gun laws. Actually, school students and millennials in this country and high school students are as split as adults are. That is wrong. This yeah. is disrespecting those students to, to pretend that teachers are organizing this action you're are. seeing today. Okay. And Eric, I, I will only say that I interviewed two junior high school kids, Oklahoma City. Um, both are strong supporters of Second Amendment rights, but they just walked out and protested. Seventy-five kids from that school <laughs> yeah, went mean, out and protested, and they said like all they want is just to be safe in school, yeah. and they want their legislators to do something. I, I listen. I, I just I have a hard time believing the coverage would be equal, largely because we know that the Parkland students who support expanded concealed carry in their schools aren't getting the same amount of support expanded would have advocate greater gun laws. I, I just think there is a real bias on this issue. And I think we already did a segment that the Women's March organizers has helped participate in this and organize this. So I, I wouldn't say it's quite as organic as a lot of people would say that it is. <laughs> yes, I think, Eric, you're absolutely right on that point. Yes. <laughs> You should have seen the look of the, the president of the NEA just shaking her head. No, he's wrong. But they just, they, they ran a whole segment on how these things aren't, aren't organic, y'all. It, it is not a coincidence that the school districts in Georgia that have high scholarship rates, high SAT rates, were disciplining the students who tried to walk out of school today. It's your activist failing school systems in Fulton and Clayton and elsewhere where they're giving a pass to kids walking out of class. In many cases, it's teacher organized. It is. And I know this because more than one listener has reached out to me today because either a, a a child of theirs, a nephew, a niece has been pro has been bullied by the administration to walk out and join these protests. Why? Because the public schools no longer teach our kids how to be anything other than political activists for the left. They're no longer interested in teaching kids to be individuals. They want them to be left wing automatons, and that's what these protests support. Let me take a quick time out for a sponsor, which came in really handy for me this week. Text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 303030. That's 303030 or 303030. Text Eric there now to let the magic happen. I'm talking about Beachbody On Demand. Now, you're probably not aware of Beachbody On Demand per se, but you know some of their programs, P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, the three-week yoga retreat. Okay, retweet, retreat, if I can talk. Okay. 
Let me get serious here for a minute. Last week, I had a pinched nerve in my foot, which I'd never had before. It was the worst pain. Now, I admit I don't have high pain tolerance, but I've had surgeries, whatnot. This hurt worse than anything. I thought I'd broken my foot. It was swollen and red to begin with. Uh, the, the pain went away, but or the, the swelling went away, but the pain didn't. I could not walk on my foot at all, and I had to go to Los Angeles. And I'd been using the Beachbody On Demand product on my Apple TV with their yoga program, particularly the stretching. And in California, on my iPad, was still able to get it. And it actually was a handy stretching program. Um, really helped a lot with my calf muscle from limping and everything as, as the pinch was working its way out. The medicine was doing its job. Uh, really actually used this program while I was in L.A. Uh, came in handy. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on a tablet. You can get it on a TV. Really excellent to be able to watch on-demand exercises. You don't have to worry about DVDs and stuff. I do highly recommend their yoga package, which I've been using just for flexibility, and the stretching came in super handy while traveling with my foot problem. Give it a try. My listeners are going to get a free trial membership when you text ERIC to 303030. You're going to get full access to the entire platform for free. All the workouts and nutrition information free. All you've got to do is text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 303030. Go do it right now. Text ERIC to 303030. And thank you to Beachbody On Demand for sponsoring the show. It's 27 after the hour. Just I, I got a few more thoughts on the the school walkouts, and I'm interested if your kids walked out, um, if you approved. I mean, your thoughts on this and in, in these local schools, particularly those that crack down on discipline. Uh, the phone number is 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. Y'all, as I said in that CNN clip, and I left it in there, uh, Gallup has surveyed uh, young voters and young voters, the 18 to 21 year old group, um, increasingly moving beyond millennials, they're as split as adults on this issue. And there's a plurality in favor of expanded concealed carry. And there's a majority in favor of greater security at schools. It is a 50 50 split on whether there should be more gun laws or more gun rights. 50 50 split. And the survey data comes after the Parkland shooting. But the left and the way the media is covering these protests today, uh, you would think that everybody agrees with the left on the school walkout issue and, and on more gun laws. You would think everybody agreed with them. You may, and that's fine, but I think it's a gross distortion of what's going on out there to say that everybody does and to say that elementary school kids are coordinated or not coordinated, that it's totally organic. I mean, how many elementary school kids do you know who have it in their wherewithal to take poster board to school and write up posters with good handwriting uh, to call for more gun laws and then walk out of class, let alone know it's 10 o'clock in the morning to do it. Uh, it boggles the mind that people would say this with a straight face. It is 39 after the hour. We will get into the Larry Kudlow news, the David Shulkin news, the Pennsylvania race here in a few minutes, but uh, we got phone calls about the school protests, and I am curious if if your kids walked out or were they in a school that encouraged it. 
I've heard from some people who said that the teachers made the kids go out. That, in fact, one person I talked to said that the teacher made the kid join the protests because the teacher wanted to go and wasn't going to stay behind, and it would have been the only kid not going. Uh, you know, this was one of the points I made on CNN this morning is that, yes, uh, you can say it's organic all you want, but we know it's not. Teachers and administrators in some schools were involved in this, and there is a pressuring situation, pressuring the kids to go out and do this. Uh, some kids, frankly, they, they just wanted to skip school, so they went out too. But the media is covering as if it is genuine, authentic, and organic, and we know it's not. Uh, now, to the phones we go. Craig and Cumming, you are up first tonight. Welcome. Yes, thanks for my call. The, the, the point I want to make is, what did the 17 minutes really accomplish? If these students wanted to make something out of it, why didn't they take 17 minutes to introduce themselves to the new kid? 17 minutes to go eat lunch with the kid that no one eats with. I think if they had that community and spent that 17 minutes wisely, would have done better than what they've lost in education. Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine on Twitter earlier today said the real heroes here aren't the kids who walked out, but the kids who took time to understand and get to know better the the outcast kids in the school. I would absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, again, as you know, we're homeschooling parents. You know, we're not involved with everything that goes on with there, but we have a community outreach, and we take our time to try to meet kids. And my daughter doesn't ostracize kids for what they look like or what they do. She has a good open heart. And I think once they've taken the religion and everything out of it, but to get back to it, I think the 17 minutes was wasted just walking outside. Yeah, Craig, I, I agree. It got a lot of media coverage. I don't know exactly what it will accomplish. I mean, Connor Lamb, the Democrat elected last night in Pennsylvania, rejects many of the core tenets of what they claim to be protesting today. Dave in Cherokee, you're next. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question is, um, you know, I, I I reached out to my son who's 17 in the high school here in Cherokee County, and uh, you know, I asked him if he was, if he was going on a walk or whatever, and I texted him. He said he said that they were told that it's a memorial for the 15, for the 17 uh, students that lost their lives. So my question is, are, are they telling the students um, that it's a memorial service, you know, remembering the 17 that lost their lives? And yet the media is turning this around to be some big gun control protest, or, right. or what? Well, in much of the country, it was uh, labeled as a gun control protest, a, a call for government to pass more laws. I mean, and that's what the NEA president on, on CNN with me earlier today was talking about, that uh, th- that these kids, they're, they're fighting for something. They want the government to do something. Not my kids. My kids. I mean, my kids' school wouldn't participate in this, and my kids wouldn't have. That my kids would have walked out and organized a protest in favor of more gun gun rights and concealed carry and armed teachers, armed school administrators. My buddy Fred just sent me a, a note. He said, "My question is, if this had been a pro gun protest, or if it had been some other conservative cause, how long would the suspension of the students have been? <laughs> would they've even been allowed?" Would the doors have been blocked? You know, this is part of my concern. And I get that the 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 liberal NEA with its president is saying this is all organic, um, even though apparently some kids contacted the NEA or the NEA knew which kids to contact to help them. A miracle of miracles. That if this was a, a, a pro-life protest, well, I mean, we, we have a, a prayer around the flag at schools every year on National Day of Prayer. And more and more schools dissuade kids from coming early to pray. We know how this would happen 
if this was a conservative group. If you had a bunch of kids be walking out to protest, first of all, you're not going to get gun rights kids walking out to protest. You just, you're not. Uh, one of the reasons you're not is because they've already got their rights. They don't necessarily want more. They're not going to go out and protest and, and call for more. And it's just not their thing. They're, if you're a, a gun-owning kid in this country, well, you're not actually a gun owner. Um, your parents, though, and you use the guns, you're probably not of the type to go protest for this sort of stuff. But these kids are, in the schools in many cases, uh, supported them, and in many cases organized them. And the media, for the most part, would have you believe otherwise. I mean, kudos again to CNN today for running the piece, noting the ties to the Women's March group in D.C. And that shows you this was just liberal advocates. And they're trying their best to pretend to be organic when they're not. Now, let's go back to the phones. Peter, you're next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, so um, I'm a senior at Walton High School, and uh, I was able to facilitate an event, uh, a hold a memorial service in the morning for our students opposed to the walkout and have students come peacefully uh, pay their respects and also peacefully and respectfully advocate for change by writing a letter to uh, our local government officials or signing a petition. And we had tremendous success. We had our junior ROTC open us up, and it was uh, absolutely uh, beautiful and moving uh, ceremony. So... So uh, now let, let me just be clear here. So you did something this morning. Um, so as you were not participating in the walkout. Correct. This is, this was a, uh, I mean, yes, correct. Right. No, it, so it, it was, I, it, it wasn't a, a gun control rally. Right. This was a, this was a ceremony. This was a memorial to, you know, vocally or, solely to pay our respects to the uh, 17 lives lost in Parkland, Florida. It was not a politically charged uh, anti-gun rally. Good for you. So we had a really tremendous uh, success, and we're really the only school in our county that kind of went a different way and had a different option on the table for our students, and it turned out unbelievably great. We had about three to 400, 500 students uh, attend, and it it was pretty moving. Fantastic. Well, Peter, thanks for taking the charge on that. Uh, much appreciated. And that's the way to do it. As opposed to walking out in the middle of class. Um, there, there's a whole extra commentary on schools now teaching kids to be political activists instead of actually teaching them how to read, write, and do math. It is 56 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. Let's see. I do not have time to take another phone call because I have less than a minute. So my apologies. Be patient. Um, I do want to shift gears when we come back, though, because there was a special election in Pennsylvania last night. And I want to break through the spin for you because there is a lot of Republican spin, but there is just as much Democrat spin on what happened in Pennsylvania and there's there are elements of truth to both. And so I want to talk about how the midterms are shaping up. There actually is some fairly com- good compiled data now 
So we ha- see where the trend lines are headed for the midterms. There's also Larry Kudlow. Uh, Gary Kahn has left. Larry Kudlow taking his position within the White House. It looks like the VA secretary is about out of a job as well. And Rick Perry says he doesn't want the job. He's happy where he is. It is 10 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's talk about the trend lines for the midterms because we have new data um, because of the race in Pennsylvania last night. Uh, Connor Lamb, the Democrat, uh, beating. I, I can't. I've heard so many people uh, pronounce the name of the Republican in uh, in the Pennsylvania race. I I honestly, Sacone, I guess his name is. I, I can't remember who. It looks like is already signing up to run for another seat. Um, Rick Sacone. Here's the thing. The Republican spin is this, that Rick Sacone was a bad candidate who was picked by party leaders um, because he's a friend of theirs. They didn't pick anyone who looked like the district. They didn't pick anyone who related to the district. They picked a bad campaigner. He was seven points behind. Pay attention to this. Pay attention to this part because this is true. He was seven points behind in the polls. The president came in and suddenly he nearly tied. Clearly the president has popularity. That is true. That is true. It's all true there. He was behind by seven points. The president came in on the ground and suddenly it's a tied race. That's true. That is the Republican spin. Also, the Republican spin is um, this is not a referendum on the president. This is congressional Republicans can't get their act together. They're not supporting the president. They're not behaving as conservatives. The Democratic spin. Oh, and also um, Connor Lamb campaigned as a Republican, sounded like a Republican, ran as a God and country Marine who loves his guns and as God. Did we mention God? Did we mention guns? And he's very good looking. Yes, that, that's part of the Republican spin. The Democratic spin is we ran a guy who campaigned against Donald Trump. He campaigned against the Democratic Party. He campaigned against Nancy Pelosi. Oh, wait, no, no, that that part. The Democrats don't want to talk about that part. Yeah, he campaigned against Nancy Pelosi. The Democrats want to say that this was a race against Donald Trump, um, that this was a district that was very pro-Donald Trump, that this was a district that was very pro-Republican, and whether Connor Lamb won or lost, he's now being declared the winner this afternoon, uh, that Connor Lamb shook up the race and shows that the Republicans are going to have a very bad year. That is all true, too. There are lots of truths on both sides here. What do the trend lines show? What do the facts show about where Republicans and Democrats are headed in November? Uh, keep in mind the caveat that events change things. Okay, so here's the reality. Uh, we now have at least a dozen special elections in this country. There are actually more than that. I just I, I'm I'm using a dozen because it's a 
nice number you can process in your head that all of them, even the ones where the Republicans won, and by and large the Republicans have lost, but all of them have seen a shift to the Democrats. In congressional elections, there's been a 17-point swing from Republican to Democrat. And in Pennsylvania, in in Pennsylvania 18, there was a 20-point swing. Do you all know what an R-plus anything district means or a D-plus whatever district means? Uh, This this district, Pennsylvania 18, is considered an R-plus 11 district. You look at that and you say, well, wait, Donald Trump won it by 20 points. Shouldn't it be R-plus 20? No. What it means is when the president's not on the ballot, when when it's your generic Republican or your generic Democrat on the ballot, what should that party person expect to get? In an R plus 11 district, a Republican tends to get 11% more of the vote than a Democrat. This was an R plus 11 district. And it went 11 points towards the Democrats. If you look at Donald Trump's win, it went 20 points to the Democrats. It was essentially a 50-50 race with only about 600 more votes to the Democrats. Now, you can say, and this is key, this is part of the Republican spin, it is true, you can say this is a special election, the dynamics of special elections do not translate, and that is true. I remember in 2009 and 2010 being on CNN, and Democrats would say that a lot. These are all special elections. They don't mean a thing. Uh, the, yes, the Republican turnout is a little higher, but that happens at these times. They tend to be the people paying attention to the run-up to 2010. That's what Republicans are saying now, but look what happened in 2010. Here's what you need to know. Yes, special election trend lines are different from midterm and and presidential year elections. That's true. But when you have consistently from Karen Handel's race to the races out in Kansas, to the California races, to the Pennsylvania race, to a number of other races around the country in Minnesota and elsewhere, what you are seeing are massive swings. Oh, in Texas, there've been some in Texas, massive swings to the Democrats. That does suggest that the Democratic base is more mobilized and more consistently mobilized than the Republicans. So is there a silver lining for the GOP here? There's actually a huge, huge silver lining for the Republicans. Connor Lamb, yes, he ran as a Democrat who supports Obamacare. He supports gay rights. He supports abortion rights, all that sort of stuff. But he ran as a God and country Marine. He ran as a God and country Marine patriot who loves his guns. And first, that suggests that though the Democrats, it is more and more likely with these trend lines, the Democrats will take back the House. It suggests they won't be able to pass anything to seriously impact the Second Amendment. But more importantly, it continues another trend line no one wants to talk about. And that is that it looks like the Democrats are going to have a real hard time taking back the Senate. And the reason they're going to have a real hard time taking back the Senate is because left-wing Democrats are okay with a guy like Connor Lamb running in a special election as a conservative Democrat to the extent he's conservative, a blue dog Democrat, if you will. They're okay with that. We got to, we got to make gains. We got to get the majority slow and steady, all that. But when you get to statewide races, you want progressive activists want to fund um, major Democrats who are liberal. And that puts Heidi Heitzkamp in North Dakota, John Tester in Montana, 
Joe Donnelly in Indiana, Claire McCaskill in Missouri, and uh, Joe Manchin in West Virginia in a very difficult position. Puts them in a very difficult position to be able to defy their party on core issues where the bases in those states are. And here's another thing that is so worth pointing out. Saccone was down seven points until President Trump showed up there right before Election Day, and it wound up being a tied race virtually. The president, unlike Barack Obama, and this is a real key point here no one wants to talk about, Donald Trump, when he goes somewhere and campaigns, his voters energize and not just for him. If Donald Trump shows up and says, go vote for X, his voters go vote for X. Barack Obama's voters never did. So in the Senate race, this is going to be real hard for the president to go around to 435 districts and do this consistently. But in big states or in, in small states, in statewide races, the president does have an ability to motivate his base and get them to turn out. So, yeah, it is looking more and more likely on the trend lines that Republicans will lose the House of Representatives. But it is equally true that the trend line suggests the same factors causing them to lose the House could actually help them gain seats in the United States Senate. Just a brief timeout for a sponsor that I love and I use multiple times a day. It is my Quip toothbrush. Now, listen, I realize there are other toothbrushes out there that are electric and do all sorts of fancy things. The Quip toothbrush is an electric toothbrush with a great vibration to clean your teeth. And it's very basic, and that's why I love it, because I've tried other electric toothbrushes, and you got to deal with the chargers and all the bells and whistles, and some of them have heads that are so fat, they can't get between your gum and your teeth, and I don't understand why they do that. I had two. I wound up throwing them away. The Quip is so great, and I never have to worry about packing a charger with me. It works on batteries, and listen, I take this thing everywhere I go. I've got braces right now, so I'm having to brush my teeth constantly throughout the day. Uh, the Quip toothbrush is fantastic and the cool thing about quip is that they give you new brush heads every three months well i shouldn't say give but you can get new brush heads every three months and it's just five dollars including free shipping worldwide so you're never going to have to worry about the bristles getting worn out on the, the toothbrush it is great it comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere Listen, I think the world of this toothbrush, I've had tons of electric toothbrushes from all the names you know, some you don't know, and this is the one I've stuck with. Not because I'm doing an ad and this is a sponsorship, that doesn't matter. I use it because the toothbrush is great, it's convenient, I don't have to worry about a charger, it really, really does a good job, and it vibrates, so every 30 seconds, it times you for a two-minute brush to move to a different part of your mouth, so I'm really getting my teeth clean. My dentist has noticed, my orthodontist with the braces commented the other day on it. So Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip Electro toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Eric. It's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Get Quip today. And thanks to Quip for sponsoring the show. I tell you, Texans are such followers. <laughs> There's a police chase going on in Houston right now, according to my breaking news alert. We just had one. They're following the leader of police chases. 
Oh boy, welcome back. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Larry Kudlow to be named the director of the National Economic Council, uh, su- succeeding Gary Kahn. I got to tell you, there are a number of people out there attacking him as, oh, he's on show business. That's how Trump knows him. Actually, he has a longtime relationship with Donald Trump and has a long pedigree in the conservative movement. Um, he was a staff economist at the Federal Reserve. He um, worked in the Fed, the division of the Fed that handled open markets. He worked for the Reagan administration. He was in the Office of Management and Budget. Uh, he was a key player in helping shape Reagan's budgets. He was on the advisory committee of the Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation. Uh, he's been in on the tax commission in New York City for George Pataki. Uh, on and on you go. He is a genuinely solid conservative economist. And he has been very, very vocal and critical of President Trump's tariffs. And that's the guy who is the president's going to put in to replace Gary Kahn. Good. Uh, maybe the president will listen to him uh, and connect with with uh, Larry. They've already got a great relationship. And Larry's a super guy. Very, very nice guy. Very, very sharp as well. Uh, good luck to him in that position. Okay, maybe we'll get into the Toys R Us situation in a minute, but yesterday's show, I was trying to get out of here, get to the My Kids Lily game. Um, they lost, and I did not have time to get into the United story. And if you haven't heard about the United story, uh, a United uh, stewardess or flight attendant, whatever you're supposed to call them these days, um, forced, pay attention to this, forced someone to put their dog in an overhead bin where it died. Um, yelped, yelped and yelped and yelped and yelped until, uh, essentially suffocated in the overhead bin. Died. The, this, the, the flight attendant told the person they had no choice, but to put it there, they were expecting to put the dog under their seat as most airlines do. Um, before I was, when I was on CNN today on headline news, they had a, a reporter before me talking about the story and noted that the majority of animal deaths involved in aviation have come from United. And in fact, the majority of, of uh, abuse situations have come from United. Um, interesting dynamic there. I, I just, I got to say something and I don't mean to make people mad. I really don't, but this may make some people mad. If this were my dog, there's no way in God's good earth, almost said something probably shouldn't say. There, there's just no way I would put that dog in an overhead bin. I would get off the plane. I would not do that. And if I were a passenger on the plane, and as multiple passengers said that the dog repeatedly yelped, barking and whining from the overhead bin, I would say something. 
And the fact that you had a hundred plus people on a plane, including the dog's owner, and none of them did anything. Yeah, I don't just think it's the United staff and crew who did something wrong here. I really don't. And you can say, well, I, I, I'm, we haven't been in that situation. We don't know. Maybe they were exhausted. Maybe they just want to go. They had their dog with them. And they knew this wasn't normal. And it doesn't appear that they, they protested to the captain or to the gate agent or, or, or anything else. And so, yeah, they, the flight attendant shouldn't have done this. The airline shouldn't have done this. The captain of the plane should not have allowed this to happen. But neither should the dog's owner or any of the passengers. Neither should them. And I know that'll upset some people. You feel like it captured audience or what, what have you. Or, or you've been beat down. You've seen people dragged off planes. So drag. You, you wouldn't let it happen to your kid. You're going to let it happen to your dog. I just, I know, I know I, I'm, there's more to it. Have we become that subservient of a people that we won't stand up to a flight attendant on a plane who wants you to do something abusive to your animal? Have we become that people? I, I, I hope not. I hope it was just that flight. That's so awesome. Charlie could ride in the skycopter. They said pets are allowed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better not say what he just said down the line. We don't want that out on the air. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, real quick. Toys R Us. Uh, they're closing all their stores. This is somewhat sad in that uh, th there used to be great American toy stores. Uh, in New York, um, you had FAO Schwartz. I used to love to take my kids in there when I take them to New York. You had the Toys R Us store. You, you got several Toys R Us stores here. There are no great American toy stores anymore. What there are, though, and there aren't enough of them, there are small toy stores in the country, including in the metro Atlanta area. There was a great one up there on Northside Drive behind the the, the Houston's. Um, there near, um, church of the apostles, there's a great little toy store up there. I used to take the kids in. There aren't a lot of toy stores left in the country. And I still think there's something to be said for having toy stores for kids who can go physically interact with a toy to see if they want it, as opposed to seeing just the commercial or buying it online. And I really do think just as, as there is a, a bounce back trend in some parts of the country for newspapers where people actually want the tactile sensation of reading. I really think that the the curated small toy store has the potential to make a comeback. As we're seeing, there is this sense of nostalgia sweeping the country and people want old things. And I think toy stores are going to be one of those. People want to take their kid to a toy store. Um, and Toys R Us was never the type of store, honestly, you wanted to take your kid to because there was way too much. But the curated toy stores where everything is really cool and original and not just Barbie and Lego and stuff like that. I think that's potential. And then, of course, Lego stores are thriving um, because Lego has really figured out how to market itself well. Now, I don't think the toy store days are over, but the big mega toy store, one size fits all ones. Yeah, I think they're probably their days are. Well, I don't know that there any, are any more now that Toys R Us is shuttering all their stores. It is 56 after the hour. Um... I, I, I want to note 
that Stephen Hawking has died. Um, probably the second most influential scientist in the last hundred years after Albert Einstein. Um, his theory explaining what happens to black holes, his ability to write in a way that people understood it, even more impressive, even more impressive given his physical disabilities. Um, we're all inspiring. I mean, they really were just an impressive guy. Um, and we don't have a ton of geniuses like that on the planet. And when they exist, we should note their existence. And when they die, we should note their death, uh, whether he was right about everything or not. <laughs> <laughs>